Now, True Wealth, presented by Little John Financial Services. Here are David Little John and Katie Shook with True Wealth on News Radio 1240 KQEN. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the True Wealth Radio Show. It is the greatest day you've had all week because most people took yesterday off. Does that still work, the greatest day you've had all week? It's the greatest day you've had so far. It's the greatest day all day. Uh, it's a Muse know. Day, though. It is a Muse Day. No, it's Tunday. It's a Tunday. I, I don't even go with this. You've tried unsuccessfully <laughs> to convert me now for years. To Muse Day. It's not. Yeah, I'm like, there's no. It's when not you're amusing. Overwhelmed, it's no. So like, Amuse is like somebody that inspires ideas, right? So Amuse Day, it's like, oh, this should be an inspirational day. It's like, no, no, we're overwhelmed. It is a ton day because when you combine Monday and Tuesday, that's a ton day, right? All you right, got to do twice right. as much. You do have you to do, do twice as much. And so anyway, and if you're wondering, if the, if you're out there saying like, I don't know what you're talking about because we worked yesterday, like, hey, I here's I'm the sorry. deal. I'm <laughs> sorry. Yeah, I, I'm not even apologizing for our own sanity. The stock market has certain days where it just shuts down, and when MLK that happens, we have the policy at Little John Financial where we also shut down. Okay. And so that yesterday was, well, we just follow the markets, right? And Our office so, is closed. We don't shut down. Okay. The office. We're still functioning human everybody beings. Everybody got a day to, for, you know, mental health and clarity, which is super important these days. I took yesterday afternoon and went snowmobiling. Woohoo. Good for you. Yes. And it was, it's a funny deal because it was warmer than freezing when we got there. And there were parts, uh, we went up to Diamond Lake and we kind of just went around the, the lake. And it was the first time I'd ever taken the kids out on the machines. Mm. Uh, Did the helmets fit? Yes. Oh, good. So everything was good. Good. Uh, that is a different sad story where somehow or other, it was my ski helmet, not my snowmobile helmet, but I, I lost my ski helmet. Like packing everything up. I don't know if I set it on a sled and forgot oh, to put no. it in the car, whatever, but it vanished. So I'm irritated that somewhere in a parking lot in There's a Diamond really nice Lake helmet. Is, well, it's not that it was super nice. I got it at Costco, right? But I'm like, <laughs> hey, you know what? Then it's quality. Darn, 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 because now I don't have a ski helmet and I got to fix that. So I'm annoyed, but the smile on the kids' faces, I still would have traded the ski helmet for those smiles. And I bet you could social distance six feet apart on a snowmobile. Oh, easy peasy. <laughs> Plus, this was our own little cohort, right? right? So it was our own group. But it was, it was a beautiful day, you know, blue sky. And it's funny because there's a few areas where, like, it got a little thin and you were crossing roads where there wasn't snow. And yes, you actually drive a snowmobile over areas where there's no snow. That's a little. Is that weird? It's, it's scratchy. Yeah, but uh, that's but it a, still works. It works. So, question. Yeah. Just because I don't know, and I'm being honest, like, do you have to have a driver's license to drive a snowmobile? So I don't. Like, that's, is that a license? A answer. Re- I, is that a license required thing? I don't think that it's a license required, but I know, and here's why. But I'm like, this is a hey, go check with like, your I'm local asking, authorities. Like, I, like, do you have to have a driver's license to do like a jet ski? Because I don't think you no, do. No. So and wouldn't I, that kind of qualify but, well, under the you same? You have to have a boater's license now. If you if the boat's over a certain size, you have to have a license or an endorsement, right? Right. And on a snowmobile, I don't think you do. If you have a, if you have a driver's license, I think you can operate. A, a, a snowmobile. However, if you're under 16, you can still operate one if you take a class, like a safety class, and get that sort of endorsement. And then I think you have to be 
it's either 12 or 13 years old. Okay. I'm, I mean, drive. I'm just asking because right. your daughters are varying ages. And right. I was kind of so like, like two oh. out of my three, my oldest is 13 now. She is in the process of completing the course so that she can drive a machine on her own. Well, that's kind of why I was asking. I was like, well, she's not old enough to drive yet, but is she old enough to drive on her own on a snowmobile? Yeah, with okay. the proper endorsements. Yes. Oh, well, there you go. And let's be honest, safety classes. Never a bad thing for anything that you're doing, right? Like just knowing more about safety, always a good thing. Literally, before we went out, we we did a safety briefing. Like we brought everybody around the, the machines and just said, "All right, here's the rules. Here's what it means. Here's how it works." And so was Heather riding, driving one of them. She then? was. In fact, Heather got the fast one. What did she think? You haven't. Oh, I haven't heard was, any of these stories yet. By the way, I'm like so excited. Hooked, right. So Heather's my wife. Heather has wanted a motorcycle for a long time, and I've been reluctant because with small kids, I'm like, look, I don't want to take the joy away from you, but I don't want to take the mom away from kids if something bad were to happen. Well, and your wife. I mean, yeah. yeah so mom the protective instinct the... is me is like your need for speed is. Uh, secondary to like our kids need to have mom come home so I've been kind of paranoid about that and some of you out there are like oh you're an oppressive husband I'm like look, look Heather no, I didn't, I didn't argument, say she couldn't that we argument kind of goes this, both ways though and she understands and we kind of agreed to this however her 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 comment to me yesterday was hmm snowmobile motorcycle for snow <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what I was thinking. Like, oh, but you're totally. flat and not in the middle of traffic well, with semis. So one of the sleds we have is uh, none of them are new, right? We we bought we bought three of these and they were all used. Was we, that because you're a financial guy and you know know oh, a thing a or two invest. about money? I have trouble with depreciation. <laughs> Honestly, as I learn more about it, you know, there's a reason older machines cost less, and it's it's actually because the design of the machines has changed a lot. So the oh, ergonomics have really matured, and the way that you ride them has changed depending on what you're doing. But for trail riding, what we have is great. And what she had yesterday, Heather, was a little rocket ship. I mean, that (laughs) that thing is capable of doing triple digit speeds, which is easily fast enough to die on. So she apparently it satisfies that need for speed that she has. (laughs) And I love the fact that you have multiple snowmobiles because I mean, at some point you're like, well, it's fun, but I can't like always go by myself. Like it's more fun when you do with a friend. So like the fact that you have a couple that makes was it... that was literally the whole purpose. Plus, from a safety perspective, and again, I'm big on safety, so I like, I won't snowmobile on my own. Right, like I wouldn't want to go out in the middle of somewhere right. and either it's like, get like hurt you don't or... scuba dive on your own, right? Right, because if something goes wrong, you're nobody's on your there own. to help you. Yeah, <laughs> so you you don't play that game, and I. This it's this is all relevant. You know, like how does it relate to investing? And so first, true wealth. Right, okay, gotta right? have those These moments. Stay off, using it to benefit. Right, um, but second, risk management. Right. Okay, and so hey, you go look. That's a calculated risk. I will tell you, those things are stupid fast. Uh, you know, you hammer the throttle on that machine, and if you're not ready, you're sitting behind watching it fly away <laughs> they're really fast they're they, you know the i mean we're talking about i got the you know, sort of supercar <laughs> launch speeds for these things so it's pretty pretty exciting well still wearing helmets appropriate safety protocols going in groups keeping adequate spacing i mean these are all things that are ways to mitigate risks associated with what you're doing not dissimilar to what one should do in investing. In investing, right? So, 
today we're going to unpack investing a little bit. Since it is a ton day, we can't just talk about, well, we probably, I guess we could just talk about playing the whole day, but I don't know if that's really delivering value to our listeners. No, but I would say, you know, living your life now is something that's really important, right? Like, well, yeah, because Kate, so Katie, you are you going to tell you? you I, know, I don't mind actually. So you I share your girls' trip. Uh, we I took I took a mom's. I always they always laugh because I said I took my mom's trip, right? And that sounds a little less uh, girls gone wild and a little bit more tame, which is really what it is. But um, I, I took a couple girlfriends and we went to Vegas for the weekend. And it's interesting traveling during COVID. And obviously, I haven't stopped traveling. But you know, you wear your masks. You try to be safe. You do use a lot of hand sanitizer, a lot of wipes, and try to social distance as much as you can. And people think, well, Vegas, how do you social distance at Vegas? Vegas itself is at max at a 25% capacity. Yeah, it's very low density compared so, to what you are used to. Although any zombie movie that's ever been shot in Vegas, I kind of feel is like going to come out of the woodworks every once in a while because it, it's eerie. Like, and, and if you've ever been in a big space where there's not that many people, you don't like you. It kind of sucks the energy out of you. It doesn't feed it. Like part of Vegas is all the energy of all the yeah, people. Yeah, go be by yourself in a sporting stadium. Yeah, you're and just, it's like, huh, that's weird. What a buzzkill. Right, it's not as exciting. So it was interesting seeing Vegas during COVID. But I will tell you, everybody was really respectful, and we had a great time, and we did a ton of walking. Um, and now I'm mad that I don't have my Apple iWatch tuned in because I really don't know how much how many steps I walked and now I'm kind of pissed about that because I want it on record because <laughs> oh, I did you did not take it I wore it but like my my watch is new and I for some reason can't get the app to sync with my phone and like so I have technical difficulties at the moment so like I don't have any so recorded this is why I have Android ah, shut up I'm just saying I shut just has saying. nothing to do with it um but but I had a great time. It was relaxing. And, you know, I, I keep saying for mental health reasons, it was nice. And I always make the joke, like, I like to leave long enough that my husband and my kids miss me because then they realize they really want me in their life, right? They're super happy when I come home and then they're <laughs> a lot easier to get along with for a little while. So, <laughs> but it's a but, different strategy, right? <laughs> you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to leave you just long enough to get you onto the fringe of abandonment syndrome, and then I'll come back and you can let, you'll wag your tails and be like, "Mom's home." Totally worked. <laughs> and mic drop. Okay. No, for for, okay. for mental health, it's nice to get away to relax, to have a massage, have great food, and really enjoy my friends. And I always tell my little ones, "You like sleepovers? Well, mommy wants one too. I just don't want one where you're there." Wow. No comment. No. Yeah. Inside into Katie. That's okay. I love my children. I travel with them too often. So I think. Was that too often? Feels like too often. No. Um, (laughs) I I love my. In fact, I have a spring break trip planned for them. So they get to enjoy as well. So cool. Well, look, uh, this is relevant today because what I want to talk about with our investors and all of you out there that are saying, hey, get to the point. This is a financial show. All right, I'll get to the point. And it, this is, it's simpler than you think. Uh, I have a recipe that I want to offer to you that is about getting sort of back to basics and stripping away some of the extras that are just an incredible distraction. I think one thing that most of us can agree on is that the world is full of distractions and controversy and lots of speed bumps and challenges to navigate. Okay. So, and if we can't agree with that, then I'm curious what you're doing. 
because that's just the world that I see is a lot of disagreement, a lot of stuff. But you know what? In the financial world, we can strip some layers back, get back to basics. And I think that there are some really good kernels of truth that we can explore that will help you be a better investor and that will help you cut through some of the nonsense and figure out what's real, what's less real, and how can we move forward. But they tell me we have to take our obscene profit break first. So <laughs> I love that you we, call them that. We will do that first. Uh, and then when we come back, back to basics and how can you live the American dream? That and more when we come back. This is David Littlejohn. And Katie Shook. And you got True Wealth on News Radio 1240. KQEN. Back to the True Wealth Radio Show. Uh, glad that you have tuned in today on this Tunday. That's it is right, a ton. right? When we are mixing Monday and Tuesday together, you got a ton to get accomplished. So we're going to accomplish a ton today too. Uh, if you are just joining us, first I will tell you. Uh, you didn't miss any of the financial stuff, but if you want to hear the goofy banter, then by all means check out the podcast available at. True. I almost said True Wealth Radio. (laughs) No, we're getting close (laughs) at littlejohnfs.com. Right. We have a web page. It's on the web. Uh, There's the pages. (laughs) And there's information on those pages. Thank you, Captain Obvious. (laughs) To our podcast (laughs) of the True Wealth Radio show. Yeah, it's a ton. You would think that over the weekend we would have had a ton of sleep, but I'm pretty sure that hasn't happened either. So we're a little goofy at this point. I, I got a good night's sleep. I wasn't one that was partying in Vegas. Dude, when you're... Sorry. I will speak for myself, not the rest of the population. Mom vacations are different. We're in bed by like 10 or 11. We're still in bed early because we're so trained to get up early with our kids that like you can't break that habit. Plus, let's be honest, Vegas, when there's not shows going on, yeah. you can walk and see and eat and then what? I mean... Yeah, there's, it's not. There's no, the, it's not the party right now. That's it's not. What's not going on. It's not. A lot of places close at midnight, but there is something about having a big, comfy bed all to yourself <laughs> that makes it want to go to bed early. <laughs> all right, Kate. I know. So there I'm you go. still selling it. It's okay. So um, we're going to get back to basics today, and we're talking a little bit about just a, a number of things. And, and here's what's motivating this, right? I don't know if you all have observed this or not, but. With the political environment, there's been a lot of your team, my team going on, right? There's a a lot of folks. And and what I've seen a lot in the social media environment is not a lot of debate. It's a lot of, I want to win, right? One-upsmanship or point-counterpoint. And it's less about... It's not, but it's not even winning because winning means that there's a challenge. It's like, I'm right. I'm right and you're wrong. Right. I mean, it's like... See, I'm not even going to argue with you. There you go. You win. (laughs) Yay, you win. won! Okay, you did it! <laughs> awesome! Woo! <laughs> but the the idea, though, is that it seems that sometimes folks will take the opposite side of a position almost just to to argue to, to win. Right. Whatever you want to call it. But what it's done is it's created a fair amount of toxicity. And I, and I know that many of these social environments are sort of feeding people fuel to keep them agitated so that they will stay engaged in this platform. Well, right? I want to know when like Facebook started having a jail. I mean, 
Like, I don't I don't have the answer to that, and that's actually not where I'm trying to take this one. What I'm trying to do is offer our listeners uh, uh, sort of a – this is like a peace offering, okay? okay? And the peace offering is about how you can reclaim some peace in your own life. Oh, I like that the, one. The, okay. the first one is – you have to recognize if you've gotten really sucked into this and it's capturing, like, if you're spending more than probably 30 minutes of your day trying to either defend or somehow win a popularity contest on Facebook, I would question you as to the value and the use of your time, right? Like, you may. And be, are you valuing your time? Well, because your time well, has a value. Sure. I, and probably not at that point. Right. Right. But the danger is that you're getting sucked in. And, and the question is, is it an addiction? Yes. Okay. So that's one of them. So are you getting sucked into this thing? And all of a sudden, if, if you find yourself waking up in the morning and the first thing you want to do is hop on your phone, check Facebook or whatever social environment that you're in, and then check your email and text because you just have to get back to all these people because overnight there were these mysterious messages that will drive your day. What I will tell you is other people are driving your life. Wow. That was very profound. Okay. Other people are driving your life right now because you wake up and you are essentially putting yourself on demand for somebody else to interrupt your life to put their agenda on you. Well, we've had previous shows talking about the difference between uh, like emotion and logic, right? Yep. And when you're emotional, you can't be logical. Right. Like it's it's kind of our override system. It's our fight or flight that we naturally have to protect ourselves to keep us alive. But it it comes into our life in different ways. And if you're constantly emotional like you're you're kind of like you said you're arguing in those fights you're getting kind of heightened into it are you losing some of that logic in your life perhaps i'm going to take this even a slightly different path okay uh, i've been doing some just i do a lot of research on decision making and the way our brains function and i've become sort of interested in psychology not because of what that stands for but because in psychology it's fascinating is, well, though psychology is really important for investors because how people address their their relationship with money we've talked about that on this program before but also the way that you problem solve and the way you train your brain all have significant impact over the decision matrix that you're going to follow true right yes so what happens when you wake up and you start getting on your phone all the time is what what research will indicate is that you're actually training to shorten your attention span. Interesting. Yeah. So let that sink in for a moment. If you're consuming data on your phone and you're getting in these little fractals all the time, like little bits of info here and little bits there, you train yourself to have a shorter attention span because you're leaping from task to task to task a lot. Now, this is one where watch. Let's see if I can get Katie's hackles up slightly. Ooh. Uh oh. Okay. Uh oh. So, Katie, you have been on on air and said that you believe that you are a multitasker. Yes. And I would say that research suggests that people that don't multitask. People don't multitask. Yes, that they jump from task to task. Correct. Okay. And so the the definition of multitasking that I'm using is the ability to cognitively engage, yes. right? So use your brain yes. and then actively do two things simultaneously that require your brain. So I will suggest reading a book while simultaneously having a conversation with another person. That would be the definition of actual multitasking. Okay. And 
unless you have some kind of really unusual either brain injury or brain wiring, Uh you don't do that. Because you're, you know, the hemispheres of your brain cooperate and you task yourself for one thing at a time. And research shows that your productivity plummets if you attempt to do both simultaneously. Okay. Because you will just do both of them poorly. You'll read with low comprehension and you'll be sloppy in your conversation and you'll miss things. So trying to jump back and forth. Imagine trying to read a book and somebody keeps interrupting you to have a conversation. You keep losing your place in the book and you have to pick it back up. So you're not actually multitasking. What you are doing is simultasking, hopping back and forth. Okay. Now, some people are better than that than others. And typically speaking, women are better at it than men. We're... Well, we're biologically built for it because our, we're supposed to be maintaining the children well, and, and attending the house and other things. Women too at the same have time. more neural connectivity than men on right. average. We have spaghetti. You right? guys have freeways. Yeah, so, uh, well, and that's just that's kind of the way. Again, this is just broad research, right? But what happens is. If you are using your phone a lot, what you're going to do is you're going to either think you're multitasking, but this is the people that try to text and drive, and we know it's bad enough and it's statistically obvious that distracted driving, regardless of form, leads to bad outcomes, right. more accidents. Right. You can look at the insurance premiums and go, <laughs> it's really happening. It's true. Right? So, Well, in texting, let's take it out of driving, texting and walking. Right? People can walk and text. And people get hurt falling off curbs and walking into poles and (laughs) getting hit by cars and stuff. True. I mean, this is really happening. So the distraction element is real. Now, can you you multitask? But would you say that's not multitasking? Walking and texting? Texting? Well, so... Because you're doing two functions. Is walking and chewing gum multitasking? Can be. Is it not? What are you defining as multitasking, though? I defined it earlier as cognitive engaging your cognitive function right so walking is something that happens mechanically you've done it so many times that you walk without thinking that's true like you, you drive without like, thinking you can right? drive to work and get there like or same paths right you tend to take yes. the same paths and you're like oh i was thinking about this thing and well, even, now i'm here and i don't remember the journey even driving from for a lot of people happens on a mechanical level you don't think about the gas and the brake and what you're doing with your hands those are all done so frequently that you've trained for it but if you want to see where somebody has learned how to drive or not get them in an emergency situation and see how they handle ice or something like that do you freak out and overreact and plow into something or do you not freak out and you man you know maintain the cognitive functions and go through the protocols now by the way you can improve those like yes. you can train to get better at that stuff. But if you've never trained for it, then emergency scenarios are all of a sudden going to test how much of this is rote function versus cognitive function. Okay. Okay. I so, would say that there's times I am having a conversation and sending an email at the same time though. Yeah, and I would suggest that again, while you can do those things, neither of them happens as effectively trying to do them simultaneously. I have certainly uh, faked it before. Like in a Zoom meeting, you're, uh-huh, 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 and I'm typing a little email over there. I'm actually not getting the data that's coming in. It's many times it's just, it doesn't, it's like a big group. Everybody's talking, and it's like, oh, who cares? I'm going to pick it up in the context clues later anyway. But that, you don't actually do both tasks at the same time. You're still rapidly hopping back and forth between them, or you're risking missing a key element. Okay. Well, I would say my rapid hopping is pretty good. 
Your rapid hopping is very good. I can attest to this. It's, I watch it's a pretty it high functioning you, rapid you, hopping. You, you, but, but but again, it it's not actually multitasking. Okay, so the eh, and potato, the point potato. all goes back to what we train ourselves for. True. So you can train yourself, and you can you think you're doing something really cool, being like, oh look at me, I'm. But the popularity contest of your phone is retraining your brain to have a shorter attention span, which actually makes it harder to stay productive because if you can't focus on something and you keep hopping around, you'll constantly slow down the flow of information. Right. Right. So uh, this is something I will tell parents, careful with your kids, monitor screen time because you're going to train your kids to do the same thing. And we don't even know what the long-term impact is going to be yet of all the screen time that because we haven't had that as like a full generation, right? Because right. you know, I'm I'm floating here in the tail end of Gen X, where I was a digital immigrant, if you know that term, right? Like where okay. we didn't have it, but we got it. Yeah, but digital natives, they were just born with it. They don't know anything. Like my kids have never seen a tube television. I don't think all they've ever seen is flat screens. I or remember a black, black and white television. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, we never had black and white, but I knew it existed, right? So I remember like the handheld over-the-air TV that was a black-and-white handheld and thinking, like, oh, that's so cool. My grandma had about a six-inch little round one in black-and-white, like, in the corner yeah, of the kitchen. The first Game Boy that Nintendo came out with, the first portable uh, gaming device yeah. that was a monochrome screen. And today, I mean, you've got portable devices that you can hook up to another screen, and they're as powerful as a regular game console. True. So, I mean, we it's just it's a radically different environment. And so how this is going to impact our kids hard to say but so how does our how does our focus and our attention span affect our investing well let's talk about it but let's take our next obscene profit break first awesome okay and there you see they got the music we know it worked all right so we will talk about how is it going to affect your investments and also this back to the basics theme we're talking about what the investment should be doing but we got to go with it. we'll be right back this is dave little john and katie shook you got true well on news radio 1240 kqen Welcome back to the True Wealth Radio Show. I am your host, David Littlejohn, in studio with me. It's Katie Shook. And our special guest, who is a, one of our favorite team members because she keeps us out of hot water, or at least tries to. I know it is tough, but uh, joining us in studio today, Shannon, say hey to everybody. Hello, everybody. I'm Shannon Anderson. <laughs> so, uh, and I say this, and I'm not, I'm not even teasing about this. Uh, in our world, there are some rules that we have to follow. Some. There's like, you know, it's bigger than the Webster's Dictionary book of rules. It's we do a good job of following them, though. <laughs> we do. <laughs> we, yeah, Shannon does a good job of following them. And uh, the the reason that she is here is because I am well-intended, but oftentimes overwhelmed. So fortunately, I have Shannon to keep me in line and the rest of the team. So you're super appreciated, first of all. And I want to say that on the air. Well, thank you. Uh, and so... So we dragged her in studio. She's watching. You know, she gets to listen to podcasts. Now she sees how the sausage gets made. That's pretty exciting. Uh, and I, you well, know, here's so I, I uh, here's a fun announcement. I guess okay. I can make this one. This is part of why you're uh, visiting home office this week. Is that? Oh, that's true. Sorry. Right? I'm getting all excited I now. Know. I'm taking so stands. Here's there are different thresholds for business growth. 
and in the financial industry. in the financial industry and okay. and and so when you have to kind of know a little bit of my personal background. I promise this will all come back to investing for everybody else too, because that was where we left the last segment. Right. right? But is that I so Little John Financial started in I guess it went live technically in December of 2010. Right. And there's a backstory of how we got there, but I don't need to tell that story. I just needed to let you know that it started with me. So like 10 years ago. 10 years ago. Okay. Working from a decade. From a home office, just me, by myself. And when you think about compliance, think I used to just use a big manila envelope for every client, and I'd stapled onto that envelope a flow chart of all of the tasks that had to occur. That you created on Excel. That I created in Excel. And it was color-coded. It was cool. And and it was <laughs> like, I knew that if I didn't have all those boxes checked, something was missing. Right. And so, and every client, it wasn't a file. It wasn't anything fancy. It was oh, like- Oh, no. It was a this, folder. This is literally like everything went in that folder, and if I needed something, I pulled the folder out and emptied all the documents and started thumbing through it to find what I needed. Because when you are the chief and the cook and the bottle washer and the compliance officer and everything, that's what you do, right? Well, I worked from home for two years by myself. And then uh, we moved into our current office. I'm not going to say who my landlord is, but I will just say awesome landlord and helped me to get into the office that we are now in. Right. And it was just me yes. for two more years. Yes. So I worked in an office that's about 1,700 square feet by myself for two years. That was a little weird. Hey, David, how did it feel when it was empty? Just like Vegas is empty. Right. It was like <laughs> rattling around. And you know, every time the door opened, it's like, if you had to use the bathroom, it's like, do I lock the door so nobody walks in on me in the bathroom? It's like that kind of mentality. And you know, what happens when you have to leave? You know, Because you can't staff it all the time. So it was really a toughie. Well, and then after four years, it was April of 2014. And Katie was hired part-time. Right. Now, to give you an idea where this was, financial firms are often measured by the amount of assets that they manage. Right. Okay? And so when Katie and I started together, we were at the seven million mark. Right. So the total customer base, we were managing investments of seven million dollars. And Katie was part-time, and the goal was when we hit eleven million. Then you, you get can, to be full time. Yeah, because there would be enough because company there was enough revenue, revenue to right? hire me full time. So I started at thirty hours a week. Right, and within four months. Well, I David was, laughs at me because I said, "Okay, well, how do we get there?" Right. So, right. so how do we do this? Because this, I like this place, and I really want to do this. So we, it was. I think it was about six months. So, so okay. So six but, months. Let's just say in six months we hit eleven million. Right. Now it took me four years to get to seven. Okay. <laughs> and in six months and we in got six to eleven. We went to eleven. <laughs> And so it, that's that was back at the end of that was 2004. Yeah. And so fast forward to the end, or 2014 rather. Now fast right. forward to the end of 2020. And here's the significant milestone. Okay. When you are starting out, you are regulated by the state. Right. So if you think about, there's all these different rules and regulations, and who's the governing bodies? Right. Okay. And we're an advisory firm. We're not a brokerage firm. Right. So advisory firms are regulated by the Securities and Exchange Commission, which is the federal oversight. The SEC. Okay, that's the SEC. Or uh, for the actual 
like local audit function, if you have assets lower than $100 million, then you're, re- you're regulated by your state. Right. You're and basically so, not big enough for the government to... For the feds. For the, the feds, feds aren't going to do it. For so the you, feds to a, care yet, so they let you get handled by the yeah. state. And believe it or not, most firms fall in that category. I don't know what the average is, but it's probably somewhere between 15 and 30 million is a typical firm for a lot of small offices where it's like an oh, advisor an and an assistant, yeah. something like that. Right. Well, when you cross 100 million, you become SEC. You have you have a transition period where you you between 100 million and 110 million, you can it's actually 90, between 90 and 110. Between 90 and 110, then you can transition to SEC oversight. Right, which is then you... Which you, is scary Which you jump out of the state and then you become governed by the federal government right. now. So the exciting thing is, if you look back oh, since then, at the end of 2020, we... Uh, we tripped every hurdle that you could trip. <laughs> and I, this is just me kind of saying thank you to the community. And there's we have a bunch of clients that are listening. Uh, we wouldn't the, exist without it's, you. It's like, a we giant you. thank you to you all. But, yes. Uh, in light of the, the markets and the folks that have come In light of COVID and everything board, else, yes. Uh, we, have, we now have a branch up in, it was uh, headquartered in Salem as well. We have a satellite branch and our team has been distributed over the state. But we crossed $112 million at the, as I think our December 31 as final number. As of December number. 31, our final number, it was like, okay, we've... Uh, we, so we've officially are transitioning to SEC uh, regulation uh, or oversight as we speak, which is terrifying, right? Because <laughs> exciting and terrifying. Yeah, because <laughs> it's a whole new set of rules and regulators. And the feds, uh, I I have to say this: this is a compliment to the state of Oregon for all of the griping that people may do about regulations. And I, I'm not a fan of many regulations, but I will say the state of Oregon was really good to us. Yes. Like they were really good to us. They provided lots of guidance. Uh, we were on kind of a first name basis with a number of the folks that worked there. And we would routinely reach out if we ever had questions or needed clarification. And it was a great. good partnership. It wasn't like standoffish at all. Like yeah, it was, and it wasn't a threat environment where we felt like they were coming in to play gotcha with us. No. The SEC is a whole new animal where I'm like, we really want our house in order, but it's also scary because this new animal, like we don't know it yet. I kind of feel like it's like a, a married couple about to have a baby for the first time. It's like you're excited to be parents, but you're like, I don't even know what we're getting ourselves into. And I'm the nurse back here going, relax. You got it. You've been doing this stuff. You've been doing it right. Relax. Yeah. And, and, and my job is to say, well, I mean... Let's let's just call it a. It's a respect. It's not a fear, but it's definitely a respect. And and I that the intent and spirit of what we do is to always be honorable, legally compliant, and to t- we take that role integrity really serious. Yes. But anyway, it's also stupid exciting, right? It's, what a, what an amazing deal! The pathway has just been uh, exponential, and we've just grown and grown. And again, I'm really really grateful to the folks that have been such a support behind us. You guys are awesome. So the the crazy number to me, it was um, like David said, I started in April of 2000, at the very end of April in 2014, and um, when I did uh, when I did all of our numbers and stuff at the beginning of December. So as David said, we started with seven million under management, and we were at 107 million under management. And I thought, man, in six years. We've grown by a hundred million dollars for assets under, and like 
that number sounds like monopoly money. Like, right. can you wrap your head around a hundred million dollars? Like, that is so much money. And like we're we feel so blessed to work with all of our clients and the people that we do. And by the way, like usually when it's a compliance person, people are like, oh, we don't like that guy because you know they're they're the rule stickler. We love Shannon. Like we love everything she does. We're really grateful that she loves her job. She's excellent at it. And we're excited to have her as part of our team. Right, and you guys can't have her. We you can't have her. Yeah, we're keeping we her. We to keep her. Yeah. yeah. She's, she, but it's nice to know that you have that person that's like looking out for you also in your back pocket. like, And um, and the checks and balances, right? Like, it's just, so I just want to say, like, I, I'm so happy you're part of the team. I'm so happy that you do the role you do. Um, and I'm grateful for it because it frees us to do the roles that we do. Right. Well, thank you. And thank you, all the clients. I mean, you guys, too, are, you're awesome. And like I said, Appreciate you, too. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, there's a fun kumbaya session. Uh, <laughs> and so here's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to call a break, right? We'll take our last break. And then when we come back, we're going to just finish it up strong with like this. Again, it's this back to basics theme. What should we be doing as investors? Get rid of the distractions. Get back to success. We're going to do that when we come back. But we'll take this last break first. This is Dave Littlejohn. And Katie Shook. And Shannon Anderson. And you got True Wealth on News Radio 1240. KQEN. Hey, gang, welcome back to the True Wealth Radio Show on this, the home stretch of the program. Right. So, uh, if you were just joining us, there are kernels of financial wisdom uh, sprinkled into an entire podcast. You'll have to listen to all of it to uncover them because it's also full of the usual useless banter. <laughs> so, check you out the podcast. You enjoy that too. At littlejohnfs.com. Right. And uh, it's under the educate tab. So, we keep there a bunch of stuff, right? So, that's, that's what the educate tab is for. Anyway, so as we kind of look to the future here. So 2021, back 2021, to basics. Back to basics. Here's what I want to do. I want to give you guys a recipe for sanity and fewer distractions. Okay. So the first one is put down the phone. Okay. Right. I mean, we talked about that earlier on the program. This is right. a lot Get of rid brain of the distractions. studies. But just use it less frequently. Don't let other people barge into your life and dictate the terms. Okay. I like it. It turns out you don't have to respond to the text in 12 seconds. Right? <laughs> like, you don't. You can respond what? when you're ready. So that's okay. Um, yeah. Train your children to not expect a response within well, 12 and, seconds. <laughs> and I would say, you know, meter your kid's screen time. And that's a whole separate one. We do not really know fully what the long-term effects of screen time are going to be on brain development. Right. That is still a, a learning work in progress. Right. I mean, maybe it turns out it's brilliant. You know, we rewire our brains yeah. and everybody becomes geniuses. But it could be an unmitigated disaster. So... In They're all things to come moderation. Out with some research though on that already, but yeah, 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 and it's uh, you know, and it's not pretty. That's I don't know that that's how we were built, and so you know, trying to rewire things that weren't built. That, but anyway, distraction. So what do we do? And the distraction is the key. That really is the key to the rest of this this last segment, which is for us as investors, number one. Well, a 
key point, I'm not going to number them, let's just say key point, first of all, is a lot of us get distracted by time horizon. There, we're oftentimes either motivated by right avoiding things we're afraid of or seeking things that we think will be pleasurable. Okay, so the the avoidance of fear, so avoid pain, seek pleasure. That's kind of human motivation uh, in very simple terms. If you're afraid of missing out on something, you will oftentimes chase things that are silly. And this is something that I think our news cycle is really guilty of. Now, I'm not here to dog on the media, but I am going to sort of explain that part of what the media is doing is trying to keep your attention. And they're going to do that by whatever means is expedient. And we've talked okay? about clickbait and all the other good stuff, Yeah, we too. talked about that last show, the clickbait concept. But if the media wants your attention, then they can throw statistics out that will either confirm your bias or they will go against it in a way that's going to trigger you to check it out. You or know, push you in a different direction. Yeah, they're, they're, so there's a lot of ways to try to capture your attention and hold it. Okay, so I put down my phone. I'm more focused. What should I do? Well, what I want you to do, first of all, is recognize that what these distractions do is they oftentimes shorten our time horizon. Investing and trading are not the same thing. But don't you trade when you invest? Certainly you buy and sell things as part of investing. Okay. When was the last time you day traded your house? Uh, Never. Okay, yeah. And you know why? Because it would be really difficult to do. It would be exceptionally difficult to do. And yet, for some reason, because it is easy on an exchange to quickly swap holdings of publicly traded institutions, some folks have it in their mind that that's what investing is. It's it's navigating the gauntlet of short-term trades to try to produce extreme profits. Well, and I think people don't think about it because of the taxes. Like, if it's in an IRA or something where you're like, well, I don't have to pay any consequences for doing it. Then it's very it's like more accessible to do it. Yeah, and my experience is I'll just disagree with you. Oh, okay. not, not to be rude on the no, air, that's but okay. I don't think people even know about the tax consequences. I think a lot of people that are not currently investors think that there's a mystery to the stock market, and if you could somehow unlock the the secrets, that you could have wild profits. And it's about finding either the right person or the right group or the right newsletter oh. that's going to tell you the secret undiscovered. You know, Atlantis of, of investing. Yeah, yeah that no. it's going to turn you into like all you need is you know a thousand dollars, and you can be a millionaire in a year if you buy all these stocks in the perfect sequence and never make a mistake. And I'm here to tell you that, that the is probability like, of that is almost zero. Right. Like like play the lottery, it's almost the same odds. <laughs> right. So that's not the that's not investing. That's radical speculation. Right. And don't be fooled into thinking speculating is investing. It's not. It is not. No. Investing is a much longer time horizon by nature. And, and calculated. I, it's calculated yeah. risks. And I would suggest that in, it, you're probably not investing if your time horizon is less than a two year. To five, I would say two to five years. I would say if it's less than a year, it's hard to call it an investment. You know, we're, we're how many angels can dance on the head of a pin, right? I mean, I don't know the actual definition because it's not clinical, but a speculation is something that you think, I can put money into this and flip it at a profit pretty quick. An investment is something you can say, I could put money into this and I anticipate that it will grow in value for the discernible future. Mm-hmm. It's like, right? That's Shannon gets bill. the cell phone penalty. I know. Okay. All right. So, 
So, so put down the phone, get rid of the distractions, check your time horizon. Well, you know, investing is like understand the difference between investing and speculating. Okay, because the the, the media is going to sort of prod you towards short time horizons. Okay, so the media has my attention right now about current events. How does that affect it? Well, I don't know that it does. That's the really funny thing is it, by the time it's a current event that the media is publishing to broadly, uh, you know, like, like people the ship ask has me, sailed. Like, yeah, it's uh, already people are too asking late. me, hey, you know, you know, what's going to happen at the inauguration? What do you think it's going to do to the markets? And I say, nothing. And they go, what? Yeah, I think the markets are long since past that. It's not like this is a big surprise that snuck up on everybody. We've been telegraphing this for ages. I mean, <laughs> the big surprise was what was the outcome in Georgia? We've known the election results for, you know, months, months. now. And so yeah. then it was like, well, what happens in Georgia for the disposition of the Senate? And then, you know, it happened. So, okay, we have the results. I'm not here to question the results or whatever. It is what it is now. So, pragmatically speaking, we can, you know, you can throw fits about it, or we could just, the market's saying, well, we're done here. We got to move on to the next piece of data. Well, and again, you're looking at it in like one to two day spans. You're not looking at it over a year. Exactly. Like, is the market going to care a year from now what happened? Like, do you know what happened this time last year? Yeah. I want to no. know where the market is in five years right. or three years. Because my suspicion is that we get through whatever presidency we have or shift in presidency. And if it's a Biden steps down and Harris steps in or, whatever goes down, that we're going to keep marching. And I don't think that capitalism is going to stop being capitalism. Right. So until that formally happens, and there's a few of you out there right now harumphing, saying that we're going to have socialism and just you wait and communism said, yeah, there might be a handful of radicals out there. But if you think about it, for most politicians, that's not self-serving. Right. Right. It actually doesn't help them right. to, to confiscate all the assets because they're Theirs installed goes in a with position. it. Yeah. Well, because <laughs> what they're doing is getting funded by the people with all the assets. Right. Right. I mean, so like, if they take them all away, yeah, then they don't get anybody to keep mega them in power. Oligopolies that, you know, you know, like ask yourself, like we don't have time to go into it, but ask yourself this whole uh, Reg 230 issue for social media companies. Who does it benefit? Right? I don't know. Who does it benefit? It benefits the ones that are big enough to actually manage it. Ah. If you put in place a rule like that that says we have to police content, the giants have the resources to do something about it. Startups won't. True. So it's actually a moat that can insulate if done in certain ways. So you got to play both sides of this thing. But anyway, the trick is understand the long-term implications and... And get rid of the distractions. And talk to a financial advisor if you you need one. And if you don't have one, give us a call at 541-375-0898. Okay. And also, we're on social, not other stuff. But look, we're out of time for now. So thanks, as always, for joining us. Until next time, this has been David Littlejohn. And Katie Shook. And Shannon Anderson. And you've been listening to True Wealth on News Radio 1240. KQEN. The preceding program was paid for by Little John Financial Services. The opinions and views expressed may not reflect those of Brook Communications, its affiliates, or its employees.